Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wading through the rhetoric in search of the truth. This is Global Top Talkers with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Radio. Let's get our Global Talkers in because, boy, is there a lot to talk about tonight. We got Rick uh, Zamprin from Global News Radio in Hamilton and Makai Taggart, News Director over at Global News Toronto. Hi, guys. Good evening. Okay, so there's a couple of big stories. We'll start with uh, probably the big one downtown Toronto, which is uh, Steve Bannon in town. He's triggered always, you know, the always triggered. And the event now delayed. Uh, They're trying to get people in, but of course the protests have slowed everything down. And they're openly and verbally assaulting them, calling them things like this. Take a listen. This is entertainment. How much did you guys pay for your tickets to be entertained by a white supremacist tonight? Hey? White supremacy as entertainment. How much did you pay for your tickets to be entertained by a white supremacist tonight? This is entertainment for you guys. There you go. Talking about, uh, look at freedom of speech. You get called a white supremacist because apparently being an outright fascist is okay, eh, Mackay? Well, I think, you know, uh, this obviously is a very combative uh, environment. I was just talking to one of our reporters who's on scene at the protest, and there are actually people saying far worse things than I think you played in that audio clip. <laughs> but if you're going to celebrate freedom of speech and, and uh, accept the fact that Steve Bannon has a right to be debated on a stage in Toronto, then you also have to admit that people have the right to protest it and call names uh, to those who are in attendance and paying money to see it. So it sort of it goes both ways, and I think that we need to step back a little bit here and recognize that Steve Bannon, whether we like it or not, speaks for a large uh, populace in this on this continent right now. And hearing what he has to say, even if we vehemently disagree with it, is, is not a bad thing. Yeah, look, nothing wrong with learning things. Um, but Rick, you know, the same people don't have a problem with causes like, uh, uh, you know, BDS, Al-Quds, the Al-Quds rally, or uh, Linda Sarsour coming to town. And so they're very one-sided in their outrage of who they don't like. Yeah, this is, you know, I think both sides kind of having their cake and eating it, too. You know, I'm a big purveyor of freedom of speech. Uh, I would be the one who would want to attend a debate like this, not necessarily to learn, but just uh, through public discourse, uh, see how each side takes uh, a point of view. I think debate is healthy. Obviously, you know, this individual has some baggage, but, uh, you know, the protesters are going to protest because they don't agree with what he has said in the past. I still think the debate has merit. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, there is something to learn whether you agree with it or not. It's just it's getting to the point where it's not about protests. Like, this is out and open uh, bullying and shaming. And so all these people who are going because they bought a ticket will be forever known on the Internet if they go as, you know, white supremacists. That, that's what I, I have an issue with. Well, yeah, and the thing is, too, like, who, uh, the people that bought tickets to this event, uh, are they white supremacists? No. Well, they're being called white supremacists, yeah. Yeah, but they're probably there to just, uh, you know, have a good evening, see what he has to say, uh, maybe just going because, you know, they, they want to learn something or, 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 or whatnot. I think it's just, uh, you know, to, to paint them with the same brush is totally unfair. Last word to you, uh, Mackay? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, when you buy a ticket to this kind of event, you know it's going to be polarizing. You know it's going to be uh, a, a lightning rod, and, and it's something you just sign up for. If you're going to be called a name that you don't necessarily feel identifies you, 
so be it. Uh, you know, we're all grown-ups. Yeah, and by the way, when they bought their tickets, I don't think they realized that uh, this thing would get amped up as it has. But we'll wait and see because it's starting and the, and the building is virtually empty because people can't get in. So interesting times. I want to talk about a case and not really go into the the trying of the case because I'll do that uh, at 9 o'clock with a lawyer. But we're, we're talking about another case of not criminally responsible, which is tragic all the way around because the accused in this case had been hearing voices since 2012. So there were warnings there, but then on December in 2015, she stabbed a 28-year-old stranger through the heart inside a busy shopper's drug mart. And the victim's family, once again, uh, Rick, are left devastated because she may not have known what she was doing. It does not change the outcome for the family. You know, I have real trouble, you know, comprehending these kind of stories. I don't know what the right answer is other than to say I do feel for the victim's family because... You know, it's a scenario where, uh, you know, both sides have come together in this in this court case to say, you know, this person is not criminally responsible. And the victim's family is just left with more questions than anything else. My my heart pours out for them. Yeah. I mean, there's no question, Makai, that there's an issue uh, when it comes to mental illness, but we don't have a system in place to deal with it. So we're not catching the warning signs when they're clearly presented like they were in this case. And then when something goes wrong, you know, a lot of people in this country feel like, okay, this person's getting away with it. If there's anything that's going to be good that comes from this case, it's going to be hopefully that we look at the way our uh, criminal justice system and our mental health care system intersect, because there really is there's a, there's a real disconnect there. And luckily, uh, this is a, a judge-only trial, mm-hmm. so it's being heard by someone who hopefully has experience in, in determining what NCR, or not criminally responsible, means, because I think that a lot of people suspect that while the uh, medical doctors have found the accused fit to stand trial, that doesn't necessarily mean that she was of sound mind when the incident occurred. And I think that that's probably what is going to be the outcome here. Yeah, I mean, the defense and the Crown agree this will be heard on Tuesday. So there's no question, I think, that this thing's going to go through. Um, My bigger issue, though, is that we've seen so many cases, whether it's the stabbings of the Calgary students, you had, uh, you know, the cases of of this as well. We've had so many, the cash car case with the killing of of Sergeant Ryan Russell. These, These cases start to stack up and paint a much bigger problem that we have a major, major national issue that needs to be dealt with. And people have have autonomy and, and authority over their in, yeah. in their their actions. Uh, to, and just because you have mental health issues doesn't mean that the state or police should step in and take away your freedom. So it's such a such a fine balance between how we uh, allow people to operate and and live independently, even if they are suffering from mental illness, and how we keep others safe who might be put in, put in harm's way if a if a tragic like event like this occurs. Rick, last word to you. You know, it's such a delicate balance. We can't have people with mental health issues go around wearing a headband saying, right. I have mental health issues. Yeah. I mean, this is this is going to take a lot of study and a lot of hard work. A lot of money. And and a lot of money as well to, to find a solution, if there e- even is one. So, uh, yeah, a, a lot of hard work ahead on this on this profile. Yeah, I caught this on Twitter, uh, Makai, when you posted the uh, comments of the governor general, former at least, uh, Adrian Clarkson. She's broken her silence on her heavy-handed spending, uh, trying to justify it when she explains that she still does many appearances. She did 182 last year. She sits on boards. She gives speeches, and she's not paid for that. So my question then would be, why didn't you just come out like and say something like this in the beginning than having your staff say none of your business? Because that really didn't sit well with Canadians. 
It didn't. It didn't. And it didn't sit well either. The first time it was reported about three years ago, the Toronto yeah. Star broke a story of a similar nature, and she actually curtailed her her spending and didn't reach that hundred thousand dollars threshold that requires. It was like ninety nine point nine nine nine. Probably, and now that she's back over that threshold, it's being made public again. I think that Adrian Clarkson is is probably a good Canadian, a hardworking person, but someone who's so used to, to getting these benefits that she doesn't see the controversy, and and she needs to read the room and recognize that the vast majority of Canadians aren't comfortable with someone who formerly held office getting access to such a high uh, amount of, of public funds. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they're clearly entitled to their entitlements, Rick, and I think at some point they become completely out of touch with the everyday people who think, good God, I mean, I don't have a pension at all, let alone a spending account for my pencils. You know, I, I kind of liken it to the U.S. president scenario where, I mean, they get security detail for life. They're kind of pampered. Uh, Governor General, obviously, uh, you know, not as important as the leader of the free world. But I think if you are partaking in, you know, uh, almost 200 events on behalf of your former title, uh, sure, you can get paid. I'm not sure if the if the sum equals the parts and the amount of money that she is, uh, you know, uh, getting. But I think the transparency is the key. I think Canadians... Uh, understand that she had an important role, uh, you know, in in her previous lifetime, and that is still continuing in her post governor general career. Uh, but I think they want that transparency. That they, they, they know that she has, uh, you know, a role to play, but they want to know what is she, what you know, what she's getting for that role. Yeah. Well, and as she pointed out, you know, it's sort of one of those hate the hate the game, not the player, because she is abiding by the rules. Right. So, so this probably, if anything, we're going to take away from it is that the rules need to change. Yeah, absolutely, and a lot more. Um, well, we can't even do the freedom of information request because they don't, they're not under that blanket, so we don't know how many others are doing the spending. So, all right, guys, I got to leave it there, but I thank you so much for spending your Friday with me. Have a great weekend. That is Rick uh, Zamprin, who is with our Global News Hamilton team, and Mackay Taggart, who's covering things off over at Global News Toronto. Busy, busy news day. To your own point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.